welcome regular and first-time listeners to the 26th episode of It's Time for Prayer. I want to thank you all for taking your time to tune in and listen to this new episode. May God bless you all richly. May you receive victory in your lives, in your families and for your nation as you listen to and apply the word of God today. The Bible says in Proverbs 14.34 Righteousness exhorteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The choices we make will transform our lives and affect us in a personal way, individually, collectively, as a people and as a nation, positively or negatively. God wants to save us from destruction, from making detrimental choices that will inevitably lead us away from him. The psalmist rightly says in Psalms 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you today to search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Cleanse me with your precious blood from all my sin and unrighteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I pray today that as you listen to this podcast and search your heart, the Holy Spirit will help you to identify areas in your life and in your family that does not glorify God. Searching your own heart, examining your life, addressing those issues of secret sin in our lives that dishonours and leads you away from God. We, like Jeremiah, need to weep over our nation. Today's message is called, Restore Us Again. God does not want us to perish. God wants us to be saved. Saved from the wrath to come. From COVID-19, flu viruses, cancers and every other ailment, sickness and disease. God told the children of Israel in Exodus 23, Verses 25 to 26. And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. God promises to take sickness and barrenness away from us, and to bless our bread and water our provisions, our livelihood, for us to live a full life, fulfilled by God Almighty himself. God expects us to live an obedient life, serving him. Exodus 23, 25-26 reads, And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Dear listener, sickness, disease, ailments may come. But when we serve and obey God, according to his word, he says, I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. 
The Word of God is our guide to instruct us and guide us to learn from past experiences that occurred in previous years, times and seasons, even in our today. One thing we can be assured of is the Word of God, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever, as declared in Hebrews 13.8. The prophet Jeremiah lamented for the people over the destruction of Jerusalem, the oppression and captivity of the people. The children of Israel had turned from honouring and obeying God. They became captives to the Assyrians and Babylonians and opened the door for the enemy to come in. The wrath of God and the judgment of God was served on the people, affecting families and the nation. Sin, the contaminant of society, affecting the nations. The people were suffering because of sin and the consequences of past decisions. Lamentations 1.1 reads, How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow is she, who was great among the nations, the princess among the provinces, has become a slave. Is your life like a slave, working like an elephant and eating and living like a mouse? Let's read some accounts of the prophet Jeremiah concerning the state of the nation at that time. Some scholars dispute if Lamentations was written by the prophet, but I choose to believe it was. Lamentations 1.3 reads, Judah has gone into captivity under affliction and hard servitude. She dwells among the nations. She finds no rest. All her persecutors overtake her in dire straits. Lamentations one four to five reads the roads to Zion mourn because no one comes to the set feast. All her gates are desolate, her priests sigh, her virgins are afflicted, and she is in bitterness. Her adversaries have become the master, her enemies prosper, for the Lord has afflicted her because of the multitude of her transgressions. Her children have gone into captivity before the enemy. We read in Lamentations 1.8, Jerusalem has sinned gravely, therefore she has become vile. All who honoured her despise her because they have seen her nakedness. Yes, she sighs and turns away. Many times in scripture, and if we are privileged to hear, thus says the Lord in our present day preaching of the word, we are forewarned of the consequences of sin when we choose to disobey God. The prophet Jeremiah records and laments over the destruction of Jerusalem and the state of the nation that once prospered and had a relationship with God. A people who had turned away from God, but in their calamity, remembered him. Lamentations two seventeen to nineteen reads The Lord has done what he purposed. He has fulfilled his word, which he commanded in days of old. He has thrown down and has not pitied, 
and he has caused an enemy to rejoice over you. He has exalted the horn of your adversaries. Their heart cried out to the Lord, O wall of the daughter of Zion, let tears run down like a river day and night. Give yourself no relief, give your eyes no rest. Arise, cry out in the night at the beginning of the watches. Pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord. Lift your hands towards him for the life of your young children who faint from hunger at the head of a heavy street. The Lord brought his wrath on a nation and every age none was exempt. Lamentations three thirty nine to forty two says, "Why should a living man complain? A man for the punishment of his sins. Let us search out and examine our ways, and turn back to the Lord. Let us lift our hearts and hands to God in heaven. We have transgressed and rebelled. You have not pardoned. What decisions are you making today?" Or have made that has contributed to your current predicament? Are you experiencing the sin of the people? The sin of the fathers? What decisions are you making today that are affecting your families, your community, your church, your nation? Are you serving God? Are you seeking the face of God? Or are you living a lie? Are you living without God? Are you, like Jeremiah, lamenting over your nation, the state of the nations, worldwide crisis? Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. I want to remind you, dear listener, that your actions today will determine your tomorrow. The experiences of the past will have a voice and action for good or evil in your life. The sin of iniquity was also a contributory force at work in the lives of the people which angered God and brought the wrath of God and the judgment of God against the people, against the nation. Jeremiah records the people's remembrance when they experience the trials and tests that comes to a nation that forgets God. Have you forgotten God? What tests have you endured or are enduring? Is it as a result of sin in your life? Are you running to God or running from God? Is there sin in your life today that needs to be addressed? The secret sin that you think no one knows about? But God knows. John 3.17 reminds us, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In the book of Isaiah 53.6, we are reminded, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord have laid on him the iniquity of us all. God laid our iniquity on Jesus Christ for us all. Proverbs 14, 34, let us remind ourselves, righteousness 
exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Romans 13 verse 14 says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Dear listener, in Jesus we are triumphant. Have you put on Christ? Are you clothed in his righteousness or your own? The prophet Jeremiah, known to us as the weeping prophet, wept and lamented over the destruction of Jerusalem. I believe Jeremiah expressed for Jerusalem and her inhabitants how God is weeping over you and I and the nations today. I believe in this time and season we need to be weeping and lamenting like Jeremiah over our nations, our society, our communities for the sin of rebellion against God. We need to intercede and be crying out for the mercy of God for his forgiveness for the sin of the nations, a people that has forgotten God. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. God wants us to humble ourselves by praying and seeking him. God does not want us to continue in sin. God wants us to turn to him, to repent, to come up higher, do a U-turn from sin and wickedness, from all our wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Dear listener, we need God. We need his divine intervention to save us from destruction. We need to open the doors to God once again in our society, in our schools, in our homes and in the nations. Even in our churches, in the body of Christ, including you and I. We need to welcome God back into every facet of our lives proclaiming the wonderful name of Jesus unashamedly by Zoom, by internet, by phone, whatever media, face to face, lifting up the name of Jesus, nothing else and no one else. Oh God, restore us again. A nation who once enjoyed life, music, joy, prosperity, revered by other nations, but at some point in time sin entered in, greater than the punishment of the sin of Sodom. Lamentations 4.6 reads, For the punishment of the iniquity of the daughter of my people is greater than the punishment of the sin of Sodom that was overthrown as in a moment, and no hand stayed on her. Dear listener, can you imagine? The punishment was more severe than that of Sodom. The people were under the judgment of God. In Genesis 18.20, reminds of what God said concerning Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Lord said, 
the outcry of the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. For the punishment of the iniquity of the daughter of my people is greater than the punishment of the sin of Sodom that was overthrown as in a moment, and no hands stayed on her. The people were under the reign of the Assyrians and the Babylonians. They were oppressed. The land was invaded. Their inheritance was taken away. Their homes were inhabited by others. They hungered and the sound of music was no longer heard. The city became desolate and the feasts were no longer celebrated and eventually Jerusalem was destroyed. The sin of iniquity, the DNA of corruptible seed, the infection of sin was at the root of Israel's sin. Are you walking in the sin of iniquity today? Greater than the punishment of the sin of Sodom? In Lamentations 5-7 we read our ancestors sinned and are no more and we bear their punishment. The King James reads our fathers have sinned and are not and we have borne their iniquities. Iniquity, an inherited action of inherited sin. King David expressed the reality of iniquity in his life of his actions after his encounter with Bathsheba when confronted by the prophet Nathan, as we read in Psalm 51.5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. We see the evil pattern of sexual sin that troubled his own children, Absalom, Tamar and Amnon. Iniquity is continuous sin, repetitive, handed down through generations, no lessons learnt, driven by compulsive, habitual, evil, repetitive cycles of sin. Sin that has crept in the church and a blind eye is turned. O oh God, restore us today. Save us. Save me. Save the nations from the sin of iniquity. Some definitions of the meaning of iniquity are evil doing, infamy, depravity, knavery, immoral or grossly unfair behaviour, gross injustice, wickedness, a wicked act or thing, sin, a sin or wrongdoing, an intentional and immoral act, purposed evil action, something that lacks moral or spiritual principles. The children of Israel's forefathers had departed this life. They were dead, gone, yet the iniquity was still present in their lives, affecting generations, affecting families, affecting a nation. The repercussions of sin past haunted their present and became part of their future. What sins of the past, the sin of iniquity, is still affecting your life today, affecting your nation today? 
What part are you contributing to the sin of your nation? We are encouraged not to forget God in our youth, as well as throughout scripture. Ecclesiastes 12, 1 says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Are you in that time now? Have you forgotten your maker? Let us look at some of the things that was happening to the people of God at that time. Lessons and reminders of the things that can bring the wrath of God to us as a nation, as children of God. Lamentations 5-7 reads, Our fathers have sinned and are not, and we have borne their iniquities. The people were in disobedience to God and lost their inheritance. The enemy entered in. The nation went into decline, insufficiency and lack, lost of respect for their elders as described in Lamentations 5.1. Remember, Lord, what has happened to us. Look and see our disgrace. Lamentations 5.2-7 reads, Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers, our homes to foreigners. We have become fatherless, our mothers as widows. Those who pursue us are at our heels. We are weary and find no rest. We submitted to Egypt and Assyria to get enough bread. Our ancestors sinned and are no more, and we bear their punishment. Verse 16 says, The crown is fallen from our head. Woe unto us that we have sinned. The crown is fallen from our head. Woe unto us that we have sinned. A people that forgot God were given into the hand of the enemy. They lost their homes, possessed by others. They were widowed and orphaned, pursued and became weary. There was no rest, scarcity of food. They submitted to the enemy, fallen from a place of nobility because of their sin. Lamentation 16. The crown is fallen from our head. Woe unto us that we have sinned. May we realize where we have fallen as a people as a nation and acknowledge the sovereignty of God who reigns as expressed in Lamentations 5, 19 to 20. Thou, O Lord, remainest forever, thy throne from generation to generation. Wherefore dost thou forget us forever and forsake us so long time? May we today, like Jeremiah, like a people who need to be restored, cry out to God, as they did in verse 21. Restore us to yourself, Lord, that we may return. Renew our days as of old. In Lamentations 4, verses 6 and 22, it summarizes the punishment of the sin of iniquity can bring. 
For the punishment of the iniquity of the daughter of my people is greater than the punishment of the sin of Sodom that was overthrown as in a moment, and no hand stayed on her. The punishment of thine iniquity is accomplished, O daughter of Zion. He will no more carry thee away into captivity. He will visit thine iniquity, O daughter of Edom. He will discover thy sins. Let me close with this, dear listener, because I have to deliver this message to all today. I don't want your blood to be on my shoulders. Ezekiel 33, 1-11 reads, Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people, and say to them, When I bring the sword upon a land, and the people of the land take a man from their territory, and make him their watchman, when he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet but did not take warning, his blood shall be upon himself. But he who takes warning will save his life. But if the watchman sees the sword come in, and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them. He is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Therefore you, O son of man, say to the house of Israel, Thus you say, If our transgressions and our sins lie upon us, and we pine away in them, how can we then live? Say to them, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, For why should you die, O house of Israel? The Bible says in 1 John 1.19, sorry, 1 John 1.9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You may, after listening today, feel conviction of sin in your life and you want to invite Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour. Please listen to episode 22, the six-minute prayer of salvation, where you can invite Jesus into your life. Share the messages with your family and friends, how to be saved and inherit eternal life. Jesus Christ is returning to this earth and you need to be born again to be saved from the wrath to come, or should you die before his return.
Today, I want to encourage you, children of God. Let us examine ourselves, examine our lives. Let us deal with the sin of deception so that we are not deceived and we are delivered from the effects of sin as we read in Romans 6, 1-4, we read, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin, that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Let us pray. Father, thank you for speaking to me today. Thank you for sounding the alarm. We repent of past and present sin operating and affecting our lives today, in our families and in our nation. We ask for your forgiveness. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. We have sinned against you. Forgive us and forbid the curse that comes with disobeying you. Cleanse us individually and as a nation that has gone far away from you. Restore us again. Wash me with your precious blood from all unrighteousness and ungodliness. Thank you for the victory I have in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Remember, Colossians 3.17, And whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Take good care. Until we meet again, real soon. Amen.